Grove Dental is sincerely grateful for the freedoms we have thanks to the service and sacrifice of our veteran men and women. Grove Dental is honoring veterans and expressing their gratitude by offering free basic dental care to members of our military and their immediate family members on Sunday, November 4th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at their Bolingbrook location. No appointment is needed. First come, first serve. For more information, visit grovedental.com forward slash veterans. On behalf of the staff at Grove Dental, we thank you for your service. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Climbing the Ivy on the Fan Sided Network. This is your host, Alex Pat, alongside Adam McGinnis. Happy Halloween, everybody. I hope you're all celebrating safely and having a good time. I'm sure many people, like myself, are dressing up as their favorite Cubs or ex-Cubs on this Halloween. I was Nomar Garcia Parra. I've been getting a lot of compliments about that. Uh, hopefully, you're having fun with your Cubs costumes or your non-Cubs costumes, whatever. Uh, we don't have a lot going on, so we're just going to kind of talk about stuff and uh, look forward to the off season. maybe recap the World Series, play some games. Uh, we're going to have a guest later on in the show, Brandon Bender. He was with the Illinois Media School. He was a student there, interned with the Chicago Dogs as part of that uh, schooling. So he'll be here to talk some Cubs with us in a little bit. But first, I want to welcome in my co-host, Adam. Adam, how you doing? Just peachy, thanks for asking. Good. You do anything special for Halloween, or you just be in your normal lame self? Yeah, yeah. Pretty. I dressed up as lazy pants guy, so that's my costume. Oh, right on, right on. So before we get into any discussion, I guess uh, we'll just kind of get into some brief news, and I don't know if there's really much to react to, but uh, there is some news after the World Series uh, has ended. Uh, the exercise option has been done for Jose Quintana in 2019, so, you know, he'll officially be back. They also claimed off left-handed pitcher Jerry Vasto from the Royals. He's only pitched in four and a third innings in the majors, uh, 3.2 with the Royals. Uh, he had a 2.45 ERA with the Royals and 8.31 career ERA in those 4.1 innings. Brandon Kinsler's option was declined by the Cubs, but he exercised his player option. Pretty smart move by his agent there. It's worth $5 million. So, yeah, he's probably going to be back next year. Um, any thoughts on that? Uh, that it, it could work out. I mean, he's a he's a good reliever. He's hasn't looked like uh, the, the good Brandon Kinsler that, we were hoping to get, but uh, I don't see any reason why that guy couldn't be here next year. Um, as far as that Royals guy, I got to be honest, I, I'd never heard of him ever until that news popped up. That's the first time I had ever read his name anywhere. Um, and I like uh, the Quintana, you know, it, hopefully we get something better from Quintana next year. Uh, that's not to say that he didn't have a lot of good outings this last year. I just want to see more consistency. Yeah, I agree with you all there. Um, never heard of Jerry Vesto either. I mean, how could you? He's pitched uh, four and a thirds innings in the majors. So, yeah. you know. His name sounds like an Italian dish too. 
Jerry that's they sell? Yeah, that's my analysis, is that he sounds like an Italian dish. Well, there you go. If he pitches for the Cubs, whatever, next year, I'll remember that. I think that's some pretty in-depth scouting. Don't have yeah. anything else on the guy. As for uh, Kinsler, things didn't go well at all last year as a Cub. And a lot of people are tweeting puke emojis at the news, which I get. But, you know, maybe you know, he's, he's had some in the majors. So we can only hope that he could bounce back next year. You know, and if he doesn't, it's not the end of the world. I mean, it's one reliever worth $5 million. Yeah. I know $5 million is a little much for a reliever, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not a high-risk thing here. I mean, if, like you said, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, It's in, and it's on to the next guy. It's really not a huge deal. Uh, five million isn't a ton of money, but uh, I don't think Brandon Kinsler is going to be a seven ERA guy next year. I think that maybe starting with one team uh, could could benefit him a little bit. He might be a little more acclimated to uh, this new environment, and that could definitely help. Uh, so I I see this working out okay. I don't see him being a, a force in their bullpen, but I don't see him being unusable like he was with the Cubs either. Yeah, I think that's a good optimistic way to look at it. It's realistic. It's not over the top. He's going to be great next year, and it's not like, oh, he's going to be the worst ever. I think that's a reasonable way to look at it. But, yeah, again, it's nothing really going on right now is big. There's a long off season ahead of us, so this is pretty boring news, let's face it. I mean, Quintana is really significant thing here. Did I did I just hear you admit that I said something reasonable? Since this is a Halloween show, I'm just going to go ahead and say that's really spooky. Yeah. But that's Do- why this is a Halloween show. That is scary. So, yeah, I mean, other than that, one thing I kind of wanted to talk about when it comes to the offseason, and this is something I actually wrote for Cubby's Crib. It hasn't been published yet, but... Uh, one thing that I'm going to want to talk about on this show is what are other moves that are going to be made outside of potentially Harper Machado? I mean, everyone's talking about those, but what else needs to be done? And I think that there can be a number of areas you can explore and say, hey, this area could be improved on. We could add depth here. We could add depth here. We need to replace this. And frankly, I think one thing that the Cubs are going to be looking at are A, veteran catchers, and B, infielders, in, infield depth. Unless you're going to get Manny Machado, the infield depth you're going to get is going to be cheap. It's going to be something that's used more as of a, either a platoon or defensive reasons. You're not going to go out likely and get anything big unless it is Manny Machado. And when we're talking depth, we're talking guys like Echeverria, or guys like Andrew Romine. And I'm not necessarily saying the Cubs are going to get those guys, but that's kind of the area of what we're talking about. Guys that are very reliable with the glove, not really known for the bats, but, you know, they could fill a spot here or there. Uh, Do you have any thoughts on anybody you would potentially want to get in depth? And I'm just talking strictly free agent-wise, because there's a number of free agents on the board that they could go after. Do you have any thoughts or any ideas so far? Because I have a few. What What do you think about Ed Lowry? 
I think Jed Lowry would be an interesting one. I mean, obviously with the year he had last year, he could probably he he's probably going to be chasing you know, a, a starting job, starting second baseman job somewhere. But I've always liked that guy, and you know, if he's willing to uh, split time with another guy, that would be a good one. Ian Kinsler wouldn't be bad. I think Ian Kinsler's starting days are maybe behind him, or at least starting every day. Uh, I don't maybe Neil Walker. I don't know. Yeah, you know those are names that I looked at, and I think Jed Lowry. Ideally, I think he'd be you know interesting depth to have, but I do feel like he's going to chase for a little bit bigger of a deal and a starting position. As he should. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, ideally yeah. versus will he are, are kind of two different things, but it, it is something to think about. DJ LeMahieu would be interesting. I, I mean, that would never happen because, from what I understand, he's actually pretty bitter uh, towards the Cubs. But nah, I, he is I, on the board, though. He is, and I don't want them to really pay a lot for DJ LeMahieu. You, you look at the guy's splits away from Coors Field. They're not nearly as good. He's a great glove, but you look at the days where he was batting well over, like, 340. That I'm sorry. That was kind of a product of Coors Field right there, but... You know, ooh, ooh, you know what? Maybe Sean Rodriguez. I would love to see that guy punching punching coolers in the Cubs dugout. There is a pirate I had on my list, an infielder that wasn't Sean Rodriguez. Do you have any idea who I'm thinking of? Mm, let's see. Uh, Neil Walker is the first guy that comes to mind, but he wasn't a pirate last. Uh, right. Hmm. Mercer? Is it Jordy Mercer? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because he's a veteran. He's not a great hitter. He's not a terrible hitter. He's literally average. If you look at his numbers, they're pretty average. He's not a fantastic glove. He's not a bad one either. He's just a solid veteran who's probably going to be pretty cheap and not a guy who's probably going to be starting every day. And you figure the Pirates are probably going to be looking at their younger guys playing in the infield more and more. So I see him going elsewhere. That's one guy I had. The other guy I had that I think is interesting um, is Jose Iglesias. Because I don't think the, the, I think the Tigers are kind of in the same position as the Pirates where they're thinking, you know, maybe we want to play more of our younger guys. So we'll let a veteran like Iglesias walk unless they re-sign to a one-year deal. But you know, I think he would be an interesting name to pursue. He's a good glove. He's a good base runner. And he's not a terrible hitter. He's not great, but he's not terrible. Uh, and the other guy I listed was Eni Echeverria, who's more of a glove asset than a bat asset. But, you know, all these guys would be pretty cheap. So they're, they're just something to think about. Yeah, I, those I would be fine with any of those guys, to be honest, because you know, it, it's just a, a depth thing, just a backup. Uh, some of these guys I, I think could probably carve out uh, a, a more prominent uh, starting role elsewhere on teams that are still really struggling. But, uh, yeah, I think I think Jordy Mercer especially sounds like a very Theo signing potentially. And, you know, it always felt like – I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it always felt like Jordy Mercer did damage against the Cubs. So it would be kind of nice yeah. to have him on our side. Yeah, sort of a Cub killer for sure. 
especially Neil Walker. But the thing with Neil Walker is I don't know if he really fits on the team as well as a Jordy Mercer. Neil Walker is a much more productive hitter, but I don't think Neil Walker would necessarily come to Chicago. I think he would try to still be kind of a starting guy, even though he's later in his career and he's probably not a starting guy anymore. I just I, I think if you looked at what's more likely and what maybe just fits better as a as a backup to the team that the Cubs have, it would be Mercer over Neil Walker. Even if Neil Walker's the more productive hitter. You know, I think that a lot of these guys that I listed, if they don't come to the Cubs or if they're not added as depth on a contender, they're gonna sign cheaper deals with non contenders to be sign and flips. I could totally see Echeverria. I could totally see Jose Iglesias. Even maybe like Andrew Romine or Acides Escobar. That's another name. Those are really good candidates for signing flips for non-contending teams. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens. But my personal opinion is that the Cubs' primary focus should be the bullpen. I think standing right now, I definitely agree. One thing that I pointed out in the article that's going to be coming out is looking for infield depth is going to really kind of depend on what they do. Let's say they get rid of Russell and they sign Harper. Well, then you're going to have a hole at infield depth, so you're in middle infield depth specifically, so you're going to, you know, maybe look more at these guys like Mercer and Glacius or Echeverria. If you get Manny Machado, well, then, I mean, you pretty much have depth even without Addison Russell. But, yeah, I definitely agree. The biggest thing is bullpen in terms of need. Probably the biggest thing is going to be potential pursuit of Machado or Harper. I said this before, I think Harper would be the most likely one. But yeah, in terms of depth, bullpen and infield are probably where you're going to be looking because we have the starting pitching depth and we have the outfield depth for sure. It's a very crowded outfield. The two areas for depth would be infield and bullpen. To look at free agents here, I haven't done as much uh, brush up on the bullpen as much as infielders, but yeah, relief pitchers, you got Zach Britton, David Robertson, Cody Allen, Craig Kimbrell, A.J. Ramos, Andrew Miller, Joaquin Soria, Kelvin Herrera, Juris Familia, Ryan Madsen, Jerry Blevins. There's a lot of notable names here. I don't know if they're going to spend a whole lot of money on some of these guys in terms of bullpen. You know, they may make some deals. They may make a minor trade here or there. They may pursue one of these guys. And I think our good friend Brandon is finally here, and we will get him on. Brandon, you there? Yes, I am. How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. Good. Good to have you on the show. Uh, Brandon, we were just talking about bullpen guys. And we were talking about kind of who they may go after. I listed some free agents like Britton, Robertson, Kimbrell. Do you have any potential targets in mind that you would like to see the Cubs go after, free agent-wise? Well, let me start by saying this. They they should bring Justin Wilson back. And I – he had a, a rough go at first, but he got better as the season went along. And I saw that the Cubs, uh, they uh, did not offer Kinsler a deal today or the that he opted in. I, I saw some that he uh, opted out. Um, so it's it, it'll be interesting. I, I think that uh, 
one it, – it'll be, it'll be interesting to see who, who they're going to go after. Are they going to stay in-house? Are they going to uh, go after someone like Kimbrell or even Andrew Miller? You said he was getting up there. Um, getting up there in age. He didn't have as great of a year. I just think he's got a lot of miles on him. And, you know, relievers like that typically only last a few years. There's a diamond dozen that last a long time, but – there, there's some guys that they, they have their prime for a few years, and then after that, it's kind of done. I just don't think it's worth throwing a lot of money at Andrew Miller. No, and, you know, p- pitching is is a lost art. You see, you, you normally don't see clubs throw a lot of money at pitchers these days, and, and especially not at relievers, considering all the risks of arm injuries and uh the Cubs did get lucky with John Lester, though. I think that's a deal they will do 99 or 100 times over again if they could. So it's um, – I think if they sign someone for the right price, they'll they'll be good. Yeah, and that's going to be the big thing is how much money are they going to throw into the bullpen because obviously they're going to do something, but we'll see how much they do. Um, Adam, and, would you throw any money at any of these guys? Uh, maybe somebody like Adam Ottavino. Can you guys hear me now, by the way? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, sorry about the technical okay. difficulties, folks. Okay. Uh, I'd like to have a, a real flamethrower in the bullpen, too, so maybe somebody like Joe Kelly. Oh, I'd like him. I I forgot about him. I, he was great in the World Series, and yes, he is a free agent. Now, you look at the regular season numbers, they weren't great, but the way that guy came up in the postseason, I think that's you know maybe enough to warrant a look. I don't know if he would demand that much money, so it would maybe be worth a look. Another interesting name on the list, Blake Wood. He only pitched 11.7 innings last year. He's 33, but he may be one of those guys you sign really cheap and you know, you just kind of give him a shot. I mean, let's face it. A lot of guys that work out in a Theo Epstein bullpen are guys you just kind of give a shot. I mean, you remember the 2015 bullpen? It was a hodgepodge of former starters and guys you thought were done, but they made it work. So there's always going to be some surprising guys kind of within there. Would you take a look at uh, somebody like Brock or Zach Britton? Yeah, Zach Britton, um, when you were briefly off, I mentioned Zach Britton. I think he would be at least worth a look. I just I don't know if they're going to throw a ton of money at him. He made $12 million last year. Uh, so I guess it depends on what his market value is this offseason. I'll assume, since his numbers were pretty good last year, that he's still going to be worth a lot of money. I just don't know if it's you know going to be $12 million or not. But I, I think he will get decent pay for a bullpen guy. Uh, so, you know – you know who I would, now that I think about it, who I really would, Cody Allen. Cody I mentioned Allen. Cody Allen, but it, the stats weren't that good last year. I don't know. Yeah, that's, he worries me. I think that's, I think that's perfect. I think that it, uh, less than mediocre uh, 2018 will bring the price down a little bit. And if you if you can look past one bad year, he had like five straight seasons of uh, sub-3 it's true that he's better than he was last year. So, and and the, like I said, the poor 2018 could drive the price down. 
I mean, that's true because last year his ERA was 470 and his whip was 3.4 if you round it up, while the previous years he never had an ERA over 1.3 in a season which he pitched in over 60 innings. And he had ERAs of 294, 252, 299, 207, 243. If they get him cheap, then yeah. I just wouldn't throw a bunch of money at him. Uh, yeah, I, so I think in the deal that would be a, a really good situation. Here, here, here's a someone. There are a couple names that intrigue me. I'm not saying Cubs will go after him at all, or if they're, they'll dress up nicer. But the first pitcher that sticks out to me is, is Juris Familia from the. He was on the Mets, and he moved to the A's. You, you remember Familia from that 2015 NLCS, right? I do. Yep. Yeah, and I, I he just um, he was just uh, okay last year. He's like eight and six, uh, three thirteen ERA. He had eighteen saves on eight, eighty three strikes out in a one two two WHIP, which is decent. But I I. That's just one name I like to see. He has that reputation for being a flame for like Araldis Chapman was. And here, here's another name that that just intrigues me. Joe Kim Soria. He was on the Sox for a while there, and then uh, he moved on to the Brewers in the middle of the pennant chase. That's an so. interesting name, and I've seen people bring up Joaquin Soria. I that that is an interesting name. He's 35, um, but I think that there is going to be a little bit left in the tank, and I bet you, you could get him for pretty cheap because if you look at his base salary, I mean, like a million dollars. I mean, it's pretty good. And, and he's getting he's up there too. He's like 36 or something. Yeah. yeah, he's 35. Yeah. I was close. You were close. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely going to be some options out there via free agency. There's going to be some options probably via trade. Because, look, if they're going to make some trades, including key guys in the outfield, then you're probably going to expect something big back. Um, I would guess it would be along the reliever or just added depth kind of area. Because they're not going to be trading for a starter. They have their rotation set. They have Lester. They have Hendricks. They have Quintana. They have Hugh Darvish. And I guarantee you that Cole Hamels is going to be back. I just think it's a matter of when he's going to be back. And I'm going to guess it's going to be a new deal and not the player option because $20 million for a one-year player option is kind of crazy. Yeah. So you you and, don't think there's a chance the Cubs could throw a curveball and go out and sign a, a big starter? I think it's very unlikely. And I saw today the just uh, within the last couple hours that they locked up uh, Quintana. They picked up his option, and I think that was the right call. He pitched well down the stretch last year, and yeah, the yep. fans are you know, hypercritical of him. They say he wasn't worth giving up for um, who who was it? That, Eloy that Jimenez him, and Dylan Eloy Eloy. Jimenez. Yeah, I, I, I get Eloy Jimenez and Gleyber Torres mixed up. Torres went to the Yankees in the Chapman deal. 
and Jimenez right. went to the Sox. So, uh, you know, the jury is still out on that trade. You know, I think right right now Quintana, he pitched as well as he could have. Let's say. You have to be realistic here with Quintana. He He's a serviceable fourth starter, in my opinion. Four or five guy in regular season and a four guy in the postseason rotation. And he pitched some really good games down the stretch last year, like uh, at Labor Day weekend against Milwaukee during that yep. long, brutal stretch. And he also um, had another uh, solid game uh, later in the year, but the offense just didn't help him. So I think that was the right call. And you're right, Alex. I, I think their rotation will be set with Lester and Hendricks. Darvish, I, I, I think he'll come back and give, give the team something. It, it's hard I to agree. imagine him being out for – two full years and have bat this bat of luck again. And uh, then you have Quintana and then, yeah, yeah, they're going to bring Hamels back. Hamels gave them more than what they ever could have asked for. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you have a veteran like Hamels and I say this once and I say it again, Hamels has been pretty consistently good over the years. He had some really bad moments with Texas last year that ballooned everything, but I still think he's got stuff left in the tank. But, I mean, if they throw a curveball, I guess expect the unexpected. But I, I would say my, chance, my chances are 85 to 90% that they stand pat with their rotation when they bring Hamels mm-hmm. back. And I say when they bring Hamels back. I would yeah. be stunned if Hamels ended up going elsewhere. I really would. Yeah. And now here's another question I guess I would ask. Do you feel good about the starting depth? Because you have your five, but obviously depth is going to be important. Right now you have Mike Montgomery. You have Drew Smiley, who should be ready to go. Um, do you feel good about that? Or do they maybe add like kind of a fifth-slash-long-relief type guy that can spot start? Maybe they'll do something like that. But if they would go after somebody big, that's what would shock me. But spot starter slash long reliever, then, yeah, I mean, that would probably make sense to add depth. There's a difference between depth and just, like, a top five guy because they have that. Maybe somebody like Trevor Cahill. My guy, Trevor Cahill. I really liked him. And and he had a pretty good year with the A's this last year, too. I mean, he 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 pitched well. Yeah, Yeah, he helped them in that stretch. It was pretty impressive on his part. I mean, him and Edwin Jackson, two former Cubs, got to give him a lot of credit for that. Yeah, that was that was good to see. Maybe uh... – oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Hey, hey, you said Mike, Mike Montgomery is a typical swing guy. You know, I, I think they're going to give um, Tyler Chatwood another chance. I, I think – I, I don't know in the rotation, but I, I – you know, yeah, he's making a lot of money. The deal just didn't work out this first year, but he's an MLB pitcher. He goes out there every day, every start. He's doing the best he can, and unfortunately he just wasn't having a good year. And I think he would be another option to have as a spot starter and a depth guy. So, well, I mean, I, think I could. I could go out there every day and do my best, but that's that wouldn't be good enough. I I think they need to just move no, on unless he unless he shows something substantial in the 
spring. I think that his starting days are over. Now, yeah, and you're you're right. Eventually, it gets to a point where it's all about wins and losses and pitching stats. You know, if you have more walks, if you continue to walk in the bases loaded and have an ERA over five, you know, you're going to lose your job. And so, I, I think they'll. Give and look, them if the you bring the if, doubt for, if you bring Hamels back. He's not going to be in the opening day rotation, but if he's going to be on the roster, he would be available. Brandon, I assume that's kind of what you're getting at. Yes, yes. So, well, we'll, we'll just have to see. And I, I hope for his sake and for the front office's sake, he can put he as in Chatwood can put something good together. Yeah, I mean and, it would be ideal. Well, especially Darvish, because they're paying him a lot of money to be a top-of-the-rotation type guy, to strike out a lot of guys and, you know, be an ace-type pitcher. That's If you had to choose between Chatwood or Darvish, who you'd rather work out, it would definitely be you, Darvish, because he's, yeah. he's being put in a situation to be that much of an impact. You absolutely need him to do it. If the Chatwood thing does never works out, and you know chances are it's probably not, you you can move past that. But the Darvish yeah. situation is a completely different situation. You want to work out. So, Darvish was the marquee free agent signing last year. I remember yeah. I was writing on the L the day he signed. It was it was quiet in the car. Nobody's seeing where I had my phone. I was looking on Twitter. I I I just screamed out, "Whoa! The Cubs just signed you, Darvish!" And it got everyone's attention. And that's again. It's hard to imagine Darvish struggling with injuries the the way he did this year. And I personally think he'll bounce back. I don't know how much he'll bounce back or how uh, consistent or how good he'll be, but I think he'll be a lot more productive in 2019. If he could give me 190 innings, a 3.5 ERA, and maybe 200 strikeouts. I'll be happy with that. Do you think that sounds fair to you guys? Uh, well, it, it sounds like a lot to ask for someone who missed pretty much the whole season. But if if they can get anything, that's great. I Adam, what do you think? One and a half ERA and 280 strikeouts. Nobody likes you, Adam. And a record of 28 now. Man, and I thought I was expecting a lot. I just I think I think if you look at everything, Darvish is always going to be a strikeout guy and I don't expect him to reach 200 after last year. I feel like 180 around there is reasonable. That's that's like what? 28 starts around there, you know? 28 mm-hmm. starts you go, you average around 6 innings and a 3.5 ERA is really solid. So that's my hope. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but that would be my hope. Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed on, for sure. I, I, I still just have this feeling like it's like the U Darvish thing is just going to end up being a catastrophe altogether. Not just this last year, but his whole Cubs deal. We'll see. I really hope I'm wrong. Yeah, let, let's let's hope it's not. We can only hope for the best right now. But speaking of projections. Last week, we started a game that Adam proposed to us, and um, 
you know, for our guest Brandon here, why don't you explain the game, and we'll spend the last ten minutes of the show playing this game. So I just oh, I just okay. uh, blurt, blurt out some stats, uh, and you guys tell me which Cubs player is going to be the leader in that category at the end of next year. Pretty simple. All right, let's uh, get started. Alex, I'm sure, will still find a way to cheat and break the rules, as he always does. Uh, but let's, <laughs> let's do it anyway. Don't listen to him. Don't listen to this guy. I can't believe he's been my co-host for months. So uh, let's do, uh, for the starting pitchers, let's do innings pitched. So you got to take into account things like injuries, who's who's uh, who's going to be around longest. So, yeah, innings pitched, starting pitchers. Go. Brandon, you go first. Me? Okay, yeah. thank you. I'm going to say John Lester. Best free agent signing in Cubs history. He's been the, one of the rare pitchers who's lived up to hefty, expensive contracts, and he's been, um, knock on wood, uh, injury-free throughout his time as a Cub, and he's been consistent, reliable, and durable. Lester's my guy for that. Alex? That's a great answer. That would probably be one of my answers. I'm just going to make it a little different, and I'm going to go with Kyle Hendricks. I think that him and Lester can be pretty close. Lester has been durable, and he has been effective, and I agree he is the best free agent signing of all time. Lester is my guy. But I feel like with his age and where Kyle Hendricks is and how he can just breeze through innings, I think that if he has a full Kyle Hendricks season next year, he'll go well over 200 innings, maybe 210 maybe just a little over, but he'll beat around 200 innings and he'll lead the way. So I'm going to go Kyle Hendricks. I, I agree with Alex. I, I would go with Hendricks too. For me, it, with John Lester, just just by the fact that he's getting up there in age, anytime you got a guy in their mid-30s, the, the risk factor for injury just keeps rising too. So I think that's, Hendricks that's is fair. the... I think Hendricks is the, the safest bet, in my opinion. But, uh, okay, let's switch over to uh, the hitters. And I don't think we did RBIs last week, so let's do RBIs. I don't think we did either. Hmm. So uh, is it my turn again? Go ahead. Okay. Um, well, this year it was the Javi Baez show. What, what, a, what a great show it was. And it was really entertaining. But you know what? This year, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna bank on Chris Bryant being back to his normal self. You know, he's uh, injury free. He he hits home runs again and yeah, drives people in. I'm gonna go with Bryant this year. You know, I'm very confident as well in a full bounce back, healthy year from Bryant. And I think I picked him to lead in home runs. Again, just to be a little you different. Could do that too. Yeah, I, absolutely. I guess just to be a little different, I'm going to go with Anthony Rizzo. I mean, when you want right. someone to drive in and run on that team, Rizzo usually gets it done. He's really good with that, so I'm going to go Rizzo. Once again, I'm going to cheat off Alex here, and I'm, I, Rizzo is also my pick. So, cool, cool beans. Uh, let's do let's do slugging. Slugging. Okay. Uh, well, um, 
Let's see who who led the team in slugging this year. I think it was um, Al Almora and Baez. They, they I think it was Baez. 400. Had to have been Baez. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So let's see. Yeah. All right. So we have uh, Baez. Sure. Uh, you know, I I think that um, I, I'm gonna say, you know, this, this is tough. I'm I'm gonna go on a limb and say Schwarber. Yeah, he looked he looked back to his usual self. He only hit like two forty, two fifty this season, but he wasn't a complete disaster like he was at the beginning of the year last year. I think that twenty five to 30 home runs from Kyle Schwarber and uh, extra base hits are really what fans could ask most out of them. All right. I'm going to go Chris Bryant. Earlier I said that he was going to lead the team in home runs. I also think he'll slug plenty of doubles. While I think that Rizzo is going to be doing the guy driving them in because Bryant and other guys are going to get on base for him, I'm going to pick Bryant to lead in slugging. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Okay. I'm, just, I'm, I'm just trying to be open because, you know, Bryant and Baez, they can't lead the team in everything. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm just trying to be open and give the lineup versatility some credit. Yeah, my All one right. my one hesitation with Schwarber is not statistics. I just don't know if he's going to be here next year. I don't know. They may trade him. That's why I'm just Ooh. not as sure. Oh. Yeah. So, I think it's very possible he gets traded. I think you're probably right. So we'll mm, see. I think they'll. I think they'll definitely. They'll listen. I'm sure. Yeah. I we'll we'll probably have a whole other conversation on this another time. But you know, yeah, I think that it's possible that he could, he could be traded. So that's why I'm going to go with Bryant. Well, in in the event that he he does get traded, which you know I hope not, he he's an IU grad just like me. But as I'm, I'll I'll copy off both of you for and, sorry and say Brian as well. All right. Yeah, a lot right, of confidence in him coming back. No. We have time for one more, real quick. Okay, uh, who in the starting rotation is going to walk the most batters? Our, and we're assuming that Chatwood is not in the rotation, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say Kyle Hendricks. See, he, he he had a rough go the first half of the season, but the second half he came along, he was back to his normal self. But I just, I, I just feel that Hendricks doesn't have overpowering stuff, and – um, when he's on, he can be precise like a surgeon, but at times he can be erratic, and teams can crush him, and they can get uh, teams can figure him out. I'm going to go with you, Darvish. Just returning back from the DL, while my expectations were hopeful earlier in the show, I still think he can put up some good numbers. I just think you're going to see a lot of base on balls as well because 
it, traditionally, if Kyle Hendricks is on, his command is great. When he's shaky, it's not as good. But it, assuming that Kyle Hendricks is on, his command will be good. Lester, you know, his command is usually pretty good. The age is advancing, and the command isn't as good, but you'll probably see a little bit of a higher walks than, like, his prime. But, you know, j- just because he's coming back, I think you Darvish may have some walk issues throughout the season, even if he does strike out a lot of guys and get out a lot of jams. So I'm just going to go Darvish. That's fair. We we just don't know what he's going to be. Yep. Adam? Um, I don't really have any rhyme or reason behind this, but if I had to guess, I'd be Quintana. That's fair. I mean, he's been yeah. a great command pitcher ever since he got uh, – before he got here with the White Sox. But ever since he got here, the command has lost it a bit. It, it kind of like almost doubled in walk rate per nine, which is kind of weird. But I would talk about this more, but we have 20 seconds left, so we have to end the show. Uh, Brandon, I want to thank you for coming aboard. Adam, as always, thank you for being my co-host, and thank you for everyone thank for listening. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming, and this was a lot of fun. Till next time, have a great night. Grove Dental is sincerely grateful for the freedoms we have thanks to the service and sacrifice of our veteran men and women. Grove Dental is honoring veterans and expressing their gratitude by offering free basic dental care to members of our military and their immediate family members on Sunday, November 4th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at their Bolingbrook location. No appointment is needed. First come, first serve. For more information, visit grovedental.com forward slash veterans. On behalf of the staff at Grove Dental, we thank you for your service. Grove Dental is sincerely grateful for the freedoms we have thanks to the service and sacrifice of our veteran men and women. Grove Dental is honoring veterans and expressing their gratitude by offering free basic dental care to members of our military and their immediate family members on Sunday, November 4th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at their Bolingbrook location. No appointment is needed. First come, first serve. For more information, visit grovedental.com forward slash veterans. On behalf of the staff at Grove Dental, we thank you for your service.